All right, it's November 22nd, 2016, and tonight is the Week 12 preview and uh, the pickup options. Welcome to the Drink 5 Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Jason, joined as always by Dave. We have Jim Hutchins here with us tonight. Jim is our waiver wire expert. He uh, puts out a waiver article most weeks. He's usually recommending Joe Flacco in your uh, waiver picks. Uh, Jim, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks. Glad to be here. All right. Talk some football. Ready to make some bets. Yes, we'll definitely be placing some bets tonight. and It's all happening. Uh, talking about some bets that have been placed, and uh, I don't know if we'll redeem any tonight, but you know, there, there's going to be bets. There's always bets. I love it. Um, so um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what happened around the NFL week 11 tonight. We're going to talk about waiver wire pickups for week 12, because we're getting so close to the end of the season, it's very important that you keep your lineup stacked, you know, players are still getting injured, players are still moving up and down depth charts, so it's important... Uh, to keep your roster, you know, fresh. Um, we will also uh, pick another uh, team. We'll go over the team we picked last week with Sean Foss. But first and foremost, uh, I always must know uh, what everyone around the table is drinking. Um, so I, I have committed the worst crime that I can at this point, which is I poured a beer and I have no idea what it was. I believe it was the Deschutes because I know how to pronounce them. Um, but it, it's probably an IPA, but it's one we've had here at the house for a while. But I'm about to crack an Elysian Space Dust IPA. I look forward to that. Jim, what are you drinking right now? Well, I'm drinking a Samuel Adams Winter Lager. Because Samuel Adams. Is that is that a quaint little Boston uh, brewery or something like that? Well, I picked this one because here in Chicago, winter is coming, so... Boom. You be prepared. Chicago and Winterfell. <laughs> winter is coming. And Dave, what do you what do you have over there? I see a familiar beer that I like very much. Well, I'm drinking an Easy Jack IPA from Firestone Walker. Fantastic beer. And then, like you said, uh, we're going to crack into some Elysian Space Dust IPA, which has just this weird, whimsical hop planet like that's just barfing amazing uh, And he's uh, really happy about dust. it, too. He's yeah. like That's like the most happiest vomit I've seen. Yeah, it's something, man. It's, <laughs> it's something. <laughs> but we do have a lot to talk about tonight, so uh, let's let's get into it, right? Sure. Um, <clears throat> uh, talking about around the NFL in Week Twelve, so everywhere we're we're, we're seeing hundreds or, or thousands of news articles and opinion pieces and injury reports and everything else written about the NFL and about your fantasy teams. But I'm gonna try to just uh, bring some of the things that are most important, most relevant. To those people playing in leagues where, one, there's not IDP, because we're not really talking about IDP here on this podcast. We're talking about mostly offensive uh, offensive standouts and people that can, regardless of if you're in a standard or a PPR league, really take your team to the next level. So let's start with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins was a top fantasy football quarterback over the last half of last year, and it looks like he's trying to top that effort again over the past uh, over the past I think four games uh, he has 349 passing yards per game with an eight to one touchdown to interception Ooh, ratio that is sweet so Kirk Cousins although in the first half of the year he was not really blowing it up it looks like the Washington Redskins have really gotten it together they've decided you know who their running back is who their receivers are and they're really doing it and what's funny is 
Their running back is not Matt Jones, and their wide receiver is not Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> so what do you guys think about Kirk Cousins and about the offensive weapons on, on the Redskins? Well, I think you nail it on the head with getting Rob Kelly in there, having an actual effective running back. It makes them not one-dimensional. Um, and you mentioned that uh, not... Deshaun Jackson, Jameson Crowder has been amazing. Not Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> I've actually wrote about him in my waiver article. I think he's been on my waiver article at least for three or four weeks. People were kind of slow to turn on to him. Um, but you, you'll see, he just puts up consistent fantasy points. Isn't that surprising? Like, when you write the article and you say, you should pick up this guy, and then you still see that people are not picking him up? I eventually start <laughs> writing in all caps and say, why aren't you picking him up yet? <laughs> it just gets bolder and bolder until it actually happens, I guess. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, Deshaun Jackson is back from injury, so now they have another weapon on that team. So I can only imagine that... Um, Cousins will be better down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun sure. Jackson can't really hurt the team. He There's just... no coming back from being old, and that's what he's... He's not old, old, but... Well, that's not... your opinion, man. So Deshaun Jackson is old. Has he reached his uh, his stopping point as far as fantasy relevance, do you think? Do you think next year he's not someone that people are going to draft? Um, I certainly think he's going to take a huge hit. Um, and it's certainly possible that he doesn't make it into drafts. Uh, really, anyone who is owned right now is going to be draftable. But people who are not worth benching right now are not going to be worth drafting at the beginning of next year. Okay. Uh, barring some sort of like miracle comeback for the end of the year for him. Uh, talking about Thomas Rawls. So he was on waiver wireless everywhere last week. And even a couple of weeks ago, for people that realized that he was going to come back. But um, it's not until uh, Chris and Michael got dropped by Seattle and CJ Proceis got uh, injured... So he's got a, uh, a scapula injury, which is a shoulder uh, kind of area injury. So he's probably going to be out for a couple of weeks. We don't really know uh, the exact length of that injury. But what it does mean is their number one running back right now is Thomas Rawls. This happened last year as well. And I'm expecting the same thing that happened last year to happen again, which is Thomas Rawls will monopolize uh, not only the regular short down yardage and the goal line carries, but also the passing yards uh, from the running back position. Thomas Rawls is able to do all that. He showcased himself being able to do that last year. So do you guys expect more of the same this season? Do people who picked up Rawls in the past couple of weeks are going to have some success, right? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I've been starting ProSize the last couple of weeks, and it was a great time. He had like a 75-yard touchdown, untouched. RIP ProSize. Yeah. I hope you had a good time with him, though. I did. <laughs> Thankfully, I have Wendell Smallwood, who apparently is going to uh, be the starting running back. Maybe. At, at least for a week. At least for a week. You know, <laughs> I just do this sort of thing week to week. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't see a problem with Rawls uh, in the Seattle offense. That offense is playing amazing right now. You know, they're the second or third best team in the NFC. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for really, really good teams, then it would be clear that Seattle would be another Super Bowl favorite. But, you know, they have to get past Atlanta and Dallas still. But I, I see Rawls being a top 10 running back every week. Down the stretch. But well, that's what he did last year. Yes. He's the type of runner. He reminds me more of Adrian Peterson. He's just aggressive. He doesn't mind running into someone rather than running out of bounds. Where I think that's why they didn't... Well, Seattle didn't like Christine Michael for a few reasons. One was he wouldn't run the plays that they called. But <laughs> he also didn't enjoy contact The coaches don't either. like that. Rawls welcomes contact. He'll run into people. He He'll run them it. over. Yeah. Yeah, Those are the type of runners style. you want. 
Yep, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, talking about uh, some other guys in the league here, uh, we have Andrew Luck, who may not start this week. He's in the league's concussion protocol, took a big hit last week. So what will this do to the offensive gems from the guys on the Colts like Dante Moncrief, T.Y. Hilton, Dwayne Allen? From my perspective, it gives them a little bit of a hit. Um, if Luck doesn't start, that means Scott Tolzien will start, and his impact is not very clear because he only started a couple games last year. But... It's a definite downgrade from luck. I think we can all agree on that, right? 100%. So on the plus side, Frank Gore, who has already been doing well this year, may have even more carries and opportunities. Now, you could argue that either way, but it's, it's, I think it's, uh, it's a pretty solid fact that most of the teams that, that have a quarterback that doesn't, uh, that doesn't exist on the same plane as the one that went down generally go back to their running backs for a little bit of support. So do you guys think that Frank Gore will get a boost? Do you guys think that Moncrief, Hilton, and Allen will get a hit? How do you think the Colts' offense will be affected in general? Are you really going to ask me about Frank Gore, what I think about Frank Gore? Everyone knows. Well, for some reason, and people who haven't listened to the podcast before, Jason is is very against Frank Gore. And I remember for years, since we started the podcast, we were both like, Frank Gore is going to... He's going to have the last year of his career. He's going to slowly decline. We had a show called The Decline of Frank Gore. We that literally was a show. did, yeah. And that was like two years ago. <laughs> and now he's doing just as good as he ever has. So the, the name was only half ironic at the time. I do want your opinion about it. I actually ranked Frank Gore higher than you did this week. Um, I, I think that because, uh, just what you said, because the quarterback's out, he's gonna they're going to lean on him. The Pittsburgh running defense hasn't been great. They need a solid run game in order to beat Pittsburgh in this game without Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, with Andrew Luck out, I'm not starting any Colts pass catchers whatsoever. Um, with not Frank, even T.Y. Hilton? No, I don't trust any pass catchers without Luck there. Okay. They are playing um, Pittsburgh, who, who doesn't have the best secondary in the world. So, But I agree I, with you. It's, 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 it's too risky to play questionable. any pass catchers there. Yeah. And with Frank Gore, I'm almost... Going away from him as well, I think he'll get the volume, but I think they'll be so one-dimensional that the defense will just focus on the run. So he'll get a lot of touches. He won't be so effective. So he'll, he'll have a decent floor, but he has no ceiling. I'll say that. Gotcha. <laughs> no ceiling. <laughs> His floor and ceiling are equal. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Stefan Diggs from Minnesota. He didn't practice on Tuesday. That should be a concern to both his owners and also those who may have been uh, picking up or playing already. Adam Thielen from the waiver wire. He went for, and I'm talking about Adam here, he went for 65 yards and a touchdown this past week. He's been productive in general, but when Diggs has been out in week five, for example, versus Houston, he scored 127 yards and a touchdown. So the fact that he's being used regularly in the offense is a great, great thing when you're talking about guys to, to pick up and play. But to have that kind of a sample when Diggs is out, it looks like Thielen will be the guy that they're going to direct all the passes to in that offense. Now, there may not be that many passes in the offense, but what's important is the ones that count are all going to go to him. And that's, I think, him and Rudolph will get the majority of those passes in the offense. Uh, so, you, your guys' opinions on if Diggs doesn't play, does Thielen then become like a top 25 wide receiver? Because I think he does. I like Thielen. He's been consistent every time he plays. Um I don't know if I would go top 25, though. I mean, I, I'm starting him in my WR3 spot, so I guess I have to put him... Well, look, if you have the luxury, <laughs> if you have the luxury of two better guys, then it is what it is. Right. Right. But he, he seems like one but of those... But sometimes we uh, don't, you know. He, he just seems like one of those guys that fights for yards, fights for position. Um, right. 
He's someone that Sam Bradford likes, and yes. that's a good sign. Because you can't have a rookie guy or a guy who just steps in who, you know, isn't uh, sort of – doesn't have any sort of rapport with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Then you get Cameron Meredith with Jay Cutler where, like, you know, it's two guys who look like they can do well, but when they're together, they don't do crap. You're right. So Adam Thielen has been playing well, and it is with Sam Bradford. So um, if Diggs is out, then they have to go to Thielen. They, they have to have some sort of a passing game. Uh, the tight end, uh, I'm sorry, Detroit is terrible against defending the tight end. I think they give the most fantasy points to tight ends. So make sure you get Kyle Rudolph in this week. I expect him to have a big week in the passing game, especially if Diggs is out. Um, but he can't be the only option. So Thielen is there because they're not going with um, Laquan Treadwell. You know, he's the rookie, but he's not ready. Well, Treadwell's not even a part of the offense. He's, he's being held back to the point where he's only had one catch for the entire year. He's only had, like... Five snaps for the whole year, so he's not even a part of the discussion. You're absolutely right. And if they think that Thielen is his guy and they don't need to worry about anybody else, then he he's the guy. And I, you mentioned Rudolph. I'm not too sold on Rudolph. So tight ends, outside of the ones that will split out wide once in a while, um, they perform well when the offense is running game as well because they get their big plays off of play-action passes. But the Minnesota run offense has been awful. They can't run the ball. Well, you have so, a point. Yeah. Bad offensive line in the last half of the year so far, and Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata are not doing what they need to be doing to uh, to, to really spice right. up the offense. And I think that'll impact Rudolph because most of those plays are play-action run plays, and... Defenses aren't just aren't going to buy it. They don't. They don't care. Yeah. Otherwise, they can't run the ball. Otherwise, he's a red zone target, and you got like the Scott Chandler effect from Buffalo, where you might get a touchdown and three receptions, and that's your that's your ceiling. Mm-hmm. Look, the game is in Detroit, so it's going to be a weird game. Why and, will it be a weird game? And it's it's on, every it's game on Thursday. In Detroit too, right? is weird, and it's on <laughs> Thursday. I Thursday mean, games are weird in general. Yeah, it's, it's just going to be kind of a strange game. Um, but who Kyle gets the Rudolph, turkey award? <laughs> the, the turkey legs. <laughs> Hopefully not Justin Tucker again. That was one of the weirdest post game interviews I think I've ever seen. If you guys remember, to the kicker. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. that one. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, in other news, do the Vikings turn it back around at the end of the season? They just won uh, the other night, and they played Detroit this week. So it, between them, they can determine the king in the north. King in the north. So who is it? Is it Minnesota or Detroit at the end of the year? What do you guys think? Or do the Packers like have some weird resurgence? Because I know the Bears are out of it. Um, I mean, the Packers are almost out of it. It feels. I know mathematically they're a long way from that. But it feels like they're almost out of it. I feel like you're defending them because you're like you're like 25% Packers fan. That's not too much. Relax. Relax. <laughs> Give me a break. That's not very much. Relax, says Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that means 100% Bears fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, what do you guys think? Do the Vikings uh, pick it back up? Do they figure it out? Or does Detroit, who is doing really well right now, do they end up taking over that division and going into the playoffs? I think Detroit is going to find a way to lead the game, like, you know, for longer than just the end of the fourth quarter. And then lose at the end? No, no, no. They'll, they'll be okay. <laughs> I think that Detroit can win the division this year. Though. Wow, okay. What about you, Jim? I actually agree with Jason on this one. I, I feel like Detroit can win. Minnesota, they just can't get anything going on offense. Like I said, they're one-dimensional. The Packers are just decimated on defense. They can't stop anyone. They it, remind me a lot of the New Orleans Saints right now where they just give up so many points. And for fantasy, that's great. Play all your Packers. Play all your Saints. Um, <laughs> but they're just giving up way too many points to be able to consistently win games. Well, Minnesota enough. needed two defensive touchdowns last week to beat you know, 
who was it that they played? It wasn't a very good team. Um, I can look it up, but but I actually had Minnesota on two teams, and then one of them they scored thirty points, and yes. that got me the win. So I go Minnesota! Carl Patterson say. had a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can you can let us know who well, they it was. They played the Cardinals. Yes, the Arizona. Right. The Cardinals can't beat anybody this year, so of course they're going to lose to the Vikings. But you know, in order to not lose five games in a row, the Vikings had to have two defensive touchdowns. Well, a, a kick return, pardon me, and a uh, and an pick six. Yeah, both of them went for a hundred yards or more, which was really cool. Well, especially if you get yards for defensive returns. All right, so uh, Jim. <laughs> This is a great stat that uh, Dave showed me. David Johnson has 30 less receiving yards than DeAndre Hopkins. I believe that. On the season. So that's a thing. That means Brock Osweiler's awful. (laughs) (laughs) That is proof. Proof positive. All right, so uh, Jordan Howard, he's a welcome surprise for the Bears um, because he's basically blown up uh, because of injuries and because the coaches just, like, can't sort of settle on a guy, but they have pretty much settled on Howard. Um, so he has 100 yards on average over the last three games. Uh, Cutler is out. Miller is out. Jeffrey is out. Uh, does this help Jordan Howard's production? Because he's now by far the best fantasy player on the team. Uh, what do you think? Um, this might be similar to the Frank Gore effect. I think he'll get a lot more carries. Um, but I... As opposed to Frank Gore, I think he'll actually be more productive with his carries just because he's younger and he can make guys miss. So I like Jordan Howard down the stretch. Sure, he's not as plotting of a plotter as George, uh, Jeremy Langford is. My, my, uh, my input is this. Uh, Jordan Howard did very well. He's been an interesting, explosive rookie, of course, as always happens. As soon as uh, the rookies have some tape, the guys can then kind of plot against them as, as the defensive coordinators, etc. But he's still doing well, even though he's been playing since week two. So for Jordan Howard, if they have Matt Barkley starting um, for quarterback for the Bears, if they have Cameron Meredith as their lead wide receiver, that's a big problem. They're going to stack boxes. He's going to have a problem. He, like I agree with you. He's going to have more carries. But then they might also just switch things up and put in Kadeem Carey, put in Jeremy Langford, because they don't know what they're doing on Chicago. I think Chicago, Jeremy Langford is going to turn into a touchdown vulture. Chicago is just, like, like you said, the, the Chicago Bears offense and the team in general has been blown up to the point where it doesn't exist anymore. And arguably, they are the worst team in the NFL. I mean, they could lose to Cleveland on a good night. And what you mentioned is true. I'm actually <laughs> worried as a Bears fan that now defenses are going to be stacking the boxes and Howard might not be as productive as he has been in past games. But uh, Yeah, I they're think... going to make Matt Barkley beat them, which will not happen. And nope. I'm afraid that the Bears are going to see them and be like, oh, well, Howard's not being productive. Let's just find someone else when he's probably the best running back. And it's, like, yeah, it's not his right fault. Now. Really. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about LaShawn McCoy. So he dislocated his thumb uh, this previous week, and the medical staff was unable to pop it back in um, and, and put him back on the field. They said that if they were able to, they would have put him back out there. Two things. One, uh, man, that sucks for LaShawn McCoy. It sucks for anybody that has to have a dislocated... Uh, like, Anything. Yeah, and, and have rough. it pop back in and like I, be like, okay, go. Dave, go. you yeah. dislocated your keys earlier, and that was not fun. <laughs> yep, you're right. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> this is, uh, you know... Uh, outside of NFL problems, yeah, like I lost my keys, 
I I don't have my Wendy's two dollar Frosty keychain. You know that sucks. <laughs> it's on my other keys. I don't get a free Frosty. Anyway, um, he has has gone to uh, to to actually correct the problem that's happened immediately after the game. And so signs point to him starting this week. LaShawn McCoy has had issues in the past almost every season. And Mike Gillisley, his backup, can be a guy who is a starter in your league as an RB1 or RB2 all the time. He's a great flex play this week, in my opinion, regardless of whether or not LaShawn McCoy is a start, because LaShawn McCoy will still cede some of those carries to Gillisley, especially when he's hurting a little bit. Um, but the the thing is, LaShawn McCoy, if he's healthy on that team, is going to score 12 points to 22 points. Like, you have to play him if he's starting. The only time that was not true was that one week where, like, he was warming up on the field and everyone said, all right, he's going to play, he's going to play. That's the only week this, this year, I think, that, like, like that was he the, was... the hamstring injury, right? Yeah, that he was supposed to go out there, and he did go out there, but he, he only scored, like, one point. Well, McCoy gets injured in the middle of the game, and it's like, oh, he's dead, he's done for the season, and then he's back in the second half. And scores 30 points or right. something, yeah. I mean, his injuries always look the absolute worst, but he must be, like, elastic man. Well, you remember Carlos Williams was on Buffalo before the craziness that happened with Carlos Williams. And that was the same thing that's now happening with Mike Gillisley. Gillisley, even if McCoy is having a good game, will usually score a couple points. He'll have, like, six points or eight points. So in a desperate move, you can still play Gillisley. But in a situation like this, with a dislocated thumb he's just coming back from, I would not be surprised if they put McCoy in for, like, half or just over half of the snaps and then use Gillisley for the other snaps. What do you guys think about this? I know it's a tough one. It's not New England tough, but Buffalo tough is uh, it's still tough. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Actually, in my waiver wire article, Gillisley made my top two running back list to pick up this week. All right, well, don't say too much because we'll get to All that. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler uh, alert. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely starting him if they declare LaShawn McCoy out. Well, yes, even yes. if he's not out, if you have very thin options, I would still start him, say in a flex spot, or if you need an RB two, you don't have anything else. Um. But I see this being a boost to Tyrod Taylor this week. I think he'll actually end up getting more runs. Um, usually they'll, they'll do a lot of um, like pistol plays where it's read option, but I think Taylor will end up running more than the running back position this week. Jason, so what's I'm your not, opinion on the subject? I'm just kind of curious as to where... Buffalo plays this week because I know there's supposed to be big snows in the area. So if they're at home, yeah, they're playing at home. And it, it could potentially be, you know, one of those lake effect snow. They're going to get five inches of snow in the middle of the game. Um, so that usually benefits the, the running game. Um, but I think in a situation like that, they would just go with Mike Gillisley. Um, so I do think that you're in for a frustrating Shady McCoy game. But like most of the time, when your studs are starting, you start them. Hey, you got to start them. So I mean, McCoy, McCoy can get two touchdowns even if he has 30 yards. Before yeah. the game, if you see that McCoy is starting and there's not, like, obvious red flags, you have to start him. Mm-hmm. So and you're, you're pessimistic as a McCoy owner and possibly optimistic of a Gillisley owner. Exactly. I would feel much better as an owner of Gillisley, like, taking a chance than I would with having to ride with McCoy. But at the same time... I, maybe it's just something in my fantasy DNA where, like, I if McCoy's on my team, I'm going to start him if he's playing. 
That's just yeah. because you can't live with yourself right. when he scores 20 points and you have him on your bench. And if you own McCoy, you probably don't have too many better options out there. Exactly. Unless you're really deep McCoy's probably your but... best option right now, which means, of course, you're going to start him over your second option anyways. Yeah. Right. Uh, Giovanni Bernard tore his ACL at the end of the game last week. One, uh, I didn't even see anything happen. I saw Giovanni <laughs> Bernard play for that whole game. I was watching the game. And what's so crazy is that sometimes because an ACL could be a non-contact or it could be something that you don't immediately realize... If you tear your ACL, it's not necessarily like a, a down-to-the-ground, gripping-the-knee injury. Sometimes it can be something... It's just a pop, and you're like, oh, that was weird. Sometimes it can be like, oh, yeah, now my knee bends the other way. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to say that uh, it's very kind, very polite of Giovanni Bernard to wait till the end of the game <laughs> to get a season-ending injury. Unlike his teammates, who, you know, very selfishly just got hurt, like, on the second play. And got a dream. bunch of people zeros. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and I still won with him. But that puts that, that puts Jeremy Hill in I the forefront. because of that, I'm sure. It puts Jeremy Hill in the forefront of a team that no longer has its major offensive assets available. And we'll talk about AJ Green in a second. But what are the odds that Jeremy Hill's fantasy production increases? Pretty good, I think, yes? 100%. Yes. <laughs> But but because of the fact that Cincinnati is kind of down in general, like they, they don't have Burfecht, they don't have Green, they don't have uh, Giovanni Bernard. So so what happens to Jeremy Hill? Does he become a fantasy asset like a guy like Thomas Rawls does? Because a team like Seattle is on top of their game. A team like Cincinnati is on the bottom of the pile. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Well, who, who wants to field this question? Well, I will say Hill's production increases moving forward. Um, I don't think he's been so consistent all year, but now I think he has a consistent floor to always start him in your lineup if you own him. Do we know who um, like the the third running back is? It was a guy who was who was like a Burkhart, I think it was like hurdling in college or something. What's his name? Burkhart? Is that Maybe right? it's Burkhart. Rex Burkhart. I don't know. I'll that, look this up and I will tell you guys. But certainly not someone who is on the tip of the tongue of uh, of most fantasy owners. Um, but with their offense now, with this situation with AJ Green out and Bernard out, tough. Oh, you guys got it. it's Rex Burkhead. Okay, Burkhead. Burkhead. Not Burkhead. He was a hurdler. <laughs> I, I, I've seen him hurdle a whole bunch of things when he was in college. He was like he always jumped hurdle over things. people. Not, not, not hurdles, but just stuff. Hurdles all um, the things. He makes YouTube videos of him jumping over things. Does he really? I have no idea. Okay, I'm just making that up. <laughs> just, I mean, I'm I'm not looking signing off towards Rex are. Burkhead. After Bernard went out, I'm going to Google Rex Burkhardt <laughs> jumping over things. I don't think most I'm, I'm more are. saying that volume will go to Jeremy Hill, not to Rex Burkhardt. Burkhead, Burkhead, whatever. <laughs> what a Burkhead! So you say yes, Jeremy Hill increases. He's worth it, and it'd probably be better than he was previously. Yes. Okay. And Jason, your opinion on Jeremy Hill after this uh, Giovanni Bernard uh, aftermath? You know, you're not saying it right. It's Giovanni Bernard. <laughs> Indeed. But yes, uh, I do think that Jeremy Hill is going to have his production increase. It can't go any other way. He's not going to get less carries. So it's up to him to make something happen with it. And with A.J. Green out, they're going to have to lean on the running game a little bit more. Um, Obviously, they're going to lose this week because they play the Ravens, who are mad about losing to the Cowboys. You know, the Ravens (laughs) want to stay in first place. Okay, well, uh, talking about A.J. Green, he went down early in the Bengals game as uh, opposite of Giovanni Bernard. What a terrible game for the Bengals. Lost, like, three amazing players. Um, Although, when I say Burfick's name... Burfick come back? Uh, no, I think in the game he did he. I oh. know he was injured at one point in the game. He came back, but he certainly could have gone out later. Well, fair enough, but but, but we do uh-huh. not try to do too much of defensive unless it's going to uh, affect the offense a lot. Uh, down early in the Bengals game, clutching his leg, and uh, unfortunately, he didn't even get one reception. 
Um, after what was feared to be a severely torn hamstring, though, the latest news from Ian Rappaport is that it was just a strain, which is a partial tear. So we're looking at probably two to four weeks for a partial tear, keeping him sidelined for a few weeks, which means he can come back for the fantasy playoffs for uh, some of us that are, are going to keep him for the long haul. Now, this is a tough decision to make, right? Because this is one of those situations where you might want to drop him if you don't think that you're going to get there to try to get depth for your team or someone to play um, you know, in place of him. But um, with all the injuries to the other Bengals players as well and the fact that the Bengals might not make it to the playoffs at all, probably won't, in fact, uh, is it worth it to even bring him back from the Bengals' perspective in what could be a lost season? They may just send him to IR or not even worry about him just because of the fact that he's their standout wide receiver What's the reason in bringing him back for a team that won't make the playoffs? Well, they wouldn't, I don't think, bring him back if they can't make the playoffs. Though they will if if he can play and he's medically cleared and they're not eliminated, they will play him. And I think from a fantasy owner perspective, if you own AJ Green, you can't drop him because you're expecting him to come back sometime during the playoffs, right. possibly getting one game in before the championship game. And you yeah, it could be 15 and 16, for example. Exactly. Yeah. That would be very valuable. So you, you can't unload him because when you're playing fantasy, you have to have the mindset of you're winning the championship. So you have to be looking ahead to week 15 and 16. So mm-hmm. you need to keep him on your team. And for the Bengals, if he can play the last three games of the year, he's totally worth you know rehabbing as fast as you can. Get him back on the field. He makes such a difference in the game. You know, yep. you've got to get him on the field if you can. Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles both suffered injuries last week. So Ryan Matthews had a knee injury, which turns out to be uh, an MCL uh, tear or or a strain of some sort. And Darren Sproles has a rib injury, and and both of them might not play this coming week. Um, the thing is, Wendell Smallwood, who Jason mentioned earlier. He stepped into the driver's seat because both those guys were out and performed fairly well. Okay, He ran for 48 yards, but he only had like 3.7 yards per carry, which is not great. But this is his first, uh, not his first, but among his first showings as a football player because he's a rookie. He also got four passes for 31 yards. And talking about the Eagles offense, which has been up and down, mostly because of a new quarterback and a new coaching staff, it doesn't matter really because Smallwood could have a role as a starter, which is going to give him enough fantasy production to be startable as a running back two or three on your team. Or uh, maybe even if Darren Sproles is able to play, then there will still be enough snaps for Smallwood to still be a flex play on your team. So I think Matthews MCL will leave him sidelined for long enough where Smallwood will have a role regardless of what happens. What I'm wondering is your uh, your input on Wendell Smallwood in general as far as that's is that someone to pick up and play right now? Because the, the options are this. Wendell Smallwood starts and he does okay and he gets you like eight points. Or he has a really good game and scores a whole bunch of points. Obviously, the best option here, you know, is he <laughs> the scores. Best option is the ceiling. Is he scores you like fifteen points or something? Gets a touchdown and like seventy yards or whatever. But let's say Darren Sproles comes back and Wendell Smallwood then takes a back seat to Sproles, ends up with like two receptions for twenty yards and like twenty yards on on the ground. Well, then that's a that's a bogus start and you've ruined yourself, you know, for that. So what do you guys think about Smallwood one and two? 
Do you think that Wendell Smallwood will be the top, the middle, or the bottom of those possible outcomes? Well, I'd say just just from a higher level perspective, any time that a running back is playing where he is the only option in the backfield, I'm starting him just from the pure fact that he's going to get 20 plus touches. Yeah, and and, and you mentioned that increases the floor, but that also increases their ceiling. That increases his whole range of possible points when they have that much volume. Um, and, and Smallwood this season has actually performed in the limited touches that he's had, so I feel comfortable rolling with him. Um, if Sproles is out, and Ryan Matthews should be out, but if Sproles is out as well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Smallwood is a great play, and he, even if Sproles is in, I'm still playing Smallwood because I don't see Sproles and they're playing being that effective. They're playing your new favorite fade target, the Green Bay Packers. Oh, with uh, absolutely no defense. I like. I have to give uh, Roto World credit for the blurb, but they just said he will pick up right where Rob Kelly left off, and I certainly hope so. Yes. Yeah. Wendell Smallwood is not going to get uh, 150 plus yards. 137 and three touchdowns. I mean, he's not going to get well, those kinds of points. You just but don't want if, Wendell Smallwood to beat you this week. If he's the only running back, I, I could see him getting 150 yards. I didn't even know he was playing against me. <laughs> One thing I don't do when we do this podcast is take into effect anything that I'm already playing. In fact, I haven't even done waiver picks, so. <laughs> uh, but yes, I agree with you guys. What do you think, Jason? You, you agree with Jim? Yeah, I like Smallwood this week, especially for the volume he's going to be getting. You start him this week. But he it's may always only tough. be a one-week guy. It's always tough to start a rookie, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you know what? I mean, it's much later in the year. He has gotten in on pretty much every game this year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know. It's not like a guy who has no experience. Right. That's why I'm more comfortable with him, too, that he's already played in games this entire year. Right. Fair enough. Uh, Jay Cutler suffered a torn labrum in the game on Sunday. It may land him on IR. The Bears quarterback situation does not lead to any fantasy relevance, but this will curb any thoughts of playing Bears offensive options besides Jordan Howard. So um, people that picked up Cameron Meredith, well, I don't think he's going to do anything with Matt Barkley. I think the Bears offense is done, dead. You know, it's it's gone. Do not play any Bears. Don't pick up Eddie Royal and play him. I mean, playing playing Jordan Howard himself is now uh, a ticking time bomb just because of their offense and their coaching in general. So uh, I would say stay Especially away this from week the. They play the Titans. Stay away from the Bears in general. Do you guys have any other uh, insight into that? No, that's that, pretty solid that's advice. Good with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. J- Jordan Howard's probably the only play. I concur. Do you concur, Doctor? Yeah. <laughs> I concur. Do you remember? I remember. TJ Yeldon went down with an ankle injury in the game. I remember TJ Yeldon. Did you guys see the game? I did not. Uh, well, that was the Lions game. They did cut to it an awful lot on red zone. Well, you're, you're yes, the red zone, yes. The red zoner. So uh, he went down with an ankle injury, which should cement Chris Ivory as the running back there, which is great because we all know Chris Ivory can give you serious fantasy points. But... What is not a great omen is that as soon as T.J. Eldon went out, Chris Ivory fumbled the football. <laughs> and, you know, Chris Ivory has, has not, neither of them have been really great running backs because, yes, their offense, who is usually behind, so not running the ball a lot, and two, the fact that Chris Ivory has, has done well on one team, but the other teams that he was on, he's kind of, you know, uh, fumbled, for lack of a better word, his uh, fantasy production on those teams. And it hasn't really been a consistent option over the weeks. So I would say that, yes, it should allow for Chris Ivory to have more uh, carries, more touches with the football. 
obviously, if T.J. Yeldon is not to play. And and just so you know, the ankle injury is still kind of a mystery, so we're waiting for Wednesday, tomorrow, till injury reports come out to get the actual information. But even if Chris Ivory is the uh, you know the uh, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars and nobody else is, is going to be taking carries, he still might not really make my running back to position. In fact, he might not even make my flex position just because I don't trust the Jaguars and, and their running game that much. Start him, like I said, if it's crappy weather in Buffalo this week. But other than that, I think you may be right. You may want to just stay away from him anyways. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I could see him as a flex play this week if he's the only option, if Yeldon is actually out. Um, but yeah, I see the game flow going where Bortles just turns the ball over and they're down by a lot, and then Bortles scores a lot of points because the defenses don't care if they give up points because they're still going to win the game. Right. That kind of thing. We love our <laughs> Blake Bortles garbage time. Here, right. That's for sure. <laughs> So, uh, so that's all the injury uh, news and updates and, and uh, interesting little factoids that I have for this week. Remember, on drink5.com, you guys can go and look at all the articles that we have. Um, I do want to uh, put it over to Jason to discuss uh, just a couple of really interesting numbers and situations that happened last week. Uh, it's always good to look at the past to try to get a glimpse at the future. And I think he might have some kicker-heavy factoid information this week. But what's cool about uh, about looking at the past is that you don't have to worry about it anymore because it's already happened. So kickers, right? Kickers were the huge feature of Week 12 because they all sucked. So across the league, they missed 12 extra points all on Sunday. That's 12? All on Sunday. I believe there was one extra point missed in the night game. Just, you know, as a little cherry on top. Uh, So Mike Nugent and Robbie Gold missed two each. Eight other kickers missed kicks. Even Adam Vinatieri got in on the action. He missed... A field goal breaking his streak, uh, and he ended at 44 consecutive, the longest consecutive uh, streak ever in the NFL. So congrats to Vinatieri, who uh, is probably the only Hall of Fame kicker that we'll ever see in our life. And you're probably the only person I've ever met that pronounces his name Vinatieri. I'm just pronouncing all (laughs) the letters that are in front of me, buddy. Well, that, that just shows you once the pressure is off for him, he can't perform. It was really like the least pressure. Like it was a field goal that didn't matter. It wasn't that long. Um, it was just. It did not matter at all. Um, so, anyways, I, I like this perspective here. So, in 2014, the last year of the short extra points, the I don't know how long they were. Um, what was it? 20, like twenty three something, yards or yeah. something. It, it was right on the two yard line, I think. The so. two, so plus the ten and the eight, so twenty. Yeah. Um, so there was eight misses on the whole season. And there was 12 last week. So we beat that by 50%. Um, so the, the I think the difference is that nobody was trying back then. The kickers oh, were all, going through the motions. The point. defense was just standing up and not worrying about it. And I'm thinking, so now they're trying to block them. The, they're trying... Those eight you mentioned, were, a lot of them were probably blocks too. It wasn't even that they And like at the end of the it. game when they were trying real yeah. hard. Yeah, totally. So... Um, there was uh, six missed field goals on the on the week, so there was twelve mixed extra points. Only six missed field goals. 
So I, I bring this up not only because I love kickers, right? I always talk about how much I love kickers. <laughs> but I do want to give props to our boy Roberto Aguayo. Uh, he did not miss a single kick all day. He played outside in cra- not crappy, but not fun weather in Kansas City. It's cold. We're on the, you know, it's similar weather to Chicago. It's cold and windy, right? Um, so he's been sketchy most of the year, but he had four field goals and an extra point, and Tampa Bay needed every single one of those kicks. So, um, uh, you know, on the other side of the ball there, then you just have to wonder, like, is Andy Reid going to do anything with Alex Smith? Do you think he should stick with Alex Smith, or do you think Nick Foles might be a better option? Uh, he has to stick with Alex Smith. Uh, I know he went through a You're stretch right. there he where... He has to stick with Alex Smith. <laughs> I agree with that. Do you think Nick Foles is better, though? I mean, Foles was in one situation, went to another, and completely collapsed. Smith, in the short term, this season, I mean, he's coming off what looked like a pretty brutal concussion, even though they didn't call it a That's concussion. That's a good point. That's a good point. He um, did it... Like, double concussed. Yeah. And the fact that they were hiding it made it even seem like it was they more, were like, more serious than it was. He doesn't have a concussion, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I saw that play when he got hurt, and you could easily tell. Yeah, he, he you was could dazed. see the birds flying around his head. So, I, once that happened, immediately I was thinking, all right, I'm at least giving him, like, a two-week pass. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's been two weeks. Maybe it's been three weeks I, I since think then. It, yeah, but... I think it's been a couple weeks now. Yeah. Because they had a bye, and then he came back. Or he set out a week, and Nick Foles started. And then he came back and started, and I don't know if that was this week or last week. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm never heavy on Alex Smith to begin with. He's not your stud fantasy performer. Not your typical means. stud, no. <laughs> But he does put up a bunch of solid 20-point games, which is interesting. He's a good second quarterback option. Well, in those well 20 leagues. is good. If he's putting up 20, I think I'm okay if he's consistent with that. But Sure. But he's still, even with the concussion, he's like... Diving at, uh, he's diving at the end zone, running it in and stuff like that. So uh, it's not not always smart. Um, so eighty eight point four fantasy points. So uh, we are finally getting awesome national football games on a regular basis. Sunday night, the Redskins and Packers. Not a close game, but it was a fun game to watch, and it only kind of separated at the end there. Um, so that game contained three of the top five fantasy players of the week up until that point. I am curious to know if anybody on... Uh, I don't think anybody on the Monday night game would have taken them over. Um, but anyways, point being that uh, we had a ton of points from Rob Kelly, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins. Um, and if it wasn't for a Jared Cook fumble in the fourth quarter, the Packers probably would have scored even more points. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that we were all complaining, at least me and things I read, about how bad the uh, prime 10 games all were, especially Thursday night games. Not that Thursday night games have gotten better, but the Thursday schedule this week is awesome. It's Thanksgiving, man. I know. It's going to be awesome. The, we have four all awesome matchups games. are great. What are the matchups? You got, only, got them in front of you? There's only three matchups. But it is the Detroit Vikings, Vikings in Detroit, the Redskins in Dallas, and the Steelers in Indianapolis. The last game uh, loses a little bit of luster without Andrew but, Yeah, Luck. no Andrew Luck. I disagree, but I'm a Pittsburgh fan, so I, f- I feel like the, the 50 to 24 victory over Indianapolis. <laughs> right. The inevitable you'll, crushing. You'll have, I don't think it'll be 50. It might be 50 to 3. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell's going to score 86 Frank points. Frank Gordon score more points than that. Antonio Brown has been lacking a little this year, so he's going to score like 55 points. Le'Veon <laughs> Bell is going to have a big game, I'm sure. It's going to be fun. So, one pick six, one return touchdown. Uh, we talked about these guys earlier, but both the Lions and the Vikings had that combination 
of touchdowns for the defense this year. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of defenses. But, hey, I love it when they score two touchdowns for me. So even though both teams scored two touchdowns, the highest scoring defense of the week was the Steelers, who only had one of them. But sacked the shit out of Cody Kessler until he got injured. Yeah, let's, um, let's talk about. Uh, well, I don't want to do. Steelers. I'm, I'm just a fan. <laughs> <laughs> they activated Bud Dupree. They lost Cameron Hayward, but I mean, they're doing okay. Like maybe they'll come back. But they just played Cleveland, so it's not really objective. Who are these defensive players? <laughs> yes, yes, <Okay>. yes. Uh, <laughs> like sackers, you know what I mean? Uh, sackers, uh, quarterback rushers, the, the, those kind of players. Um, but awesome stats. Do you have more stats? Uh, yeah. So 14 points was the high watermark for kickers this week. Very low for kickers in general. But one of the things I always kind of look at is the correlation between, you know, the the high-performing players of the week, the best receivers, running backs, whatever, and whether or not their teams win. And we always say, you want the quarterback on the losing team because the losing team is going to score you the most fantasy points. Well, this was interesting. Of the top nine teams, eight of them had a kicker. Eight of the top nine kickers had their team win. So the best kickers in the league do maybe translate to teams that are going to be winning games. Um, what does this have to do with fantasy? Who cares? The column is called statistically insignificant. <laughs> so these are just random numbers, people. Yeah, I think all I'd say with kickers is if they're on a good offense, they have a decent floor because they're going to get extra points usually. Right, and if they're playing against good defenses, they'll get more field goals. You run into like <laughs> a game that's twenty-one twenty, and the kicker has three points. Well, it, yeah, kickers are my least favorite player in fantasy football. <laughs> I'll say that. All right, well, I think it's about time we move on to Week 12, yeah? Enough reminiscing. The Turkey Day Week. All right, well, once more, we do have uh, uh, the podcast graced by the presence of uh, Mr. Jim Hutchins, who happens to write a certain column every week for us uh, called Waiver Wire Pickups. And I know that a lot of you guys out there read the column because uh, you've given us feedback, etc. We really appreciate that. We will pass it on to Jim when it is positive. Uh, uh, I'm, still, I'm still waiting. <laughs> so, so Jim, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, as a waiver wire expert, could you give us some insight into uh, your picks for this particular week? Which, for most leagues, I'll mention, uh, happen tonight. Some leagues Wednesday, uh, and some leagues throughout the week in uh, in various positions. Uh, but I think most Yahoo leagues are Tuesday or Wednesday, and most of the ones that I'm in are as well. So everyone is is looking to make their picks soon. So uh, why don't you just start, uh, go down the list and give us uh, some rapid fire and some reasons to pick them. Sure. And I'll preface this with week 12. There is absolutely no bye weeks for any teams. So. <laughs> which is weird because week 13 has some bye weeks, which is just odd. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand that. Yeah. It feels like it should end on 13. But I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the holidays, they want to bring people away from their families. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Um, so at my quarterback position this week, I recommend Colin Kaepernick. And again, with no bye weeks, you in standard leagues, you're probably okay at the quarterback position. But if you're in a two-quarterback league and Kaepernick's available, I would grab him. Or if you're in a one-quarterback league and your quarterback hasn't been performing or they have a really terrible matchup, you might want to consider playing Colin Kaepernick. 
Um, he's played the past five weeks, and he's averaging 20 fantasy points a game, which is really all you can ask for from a fill-in fantasy quarterback. Um, More than you so can ask for. Way. Yeah. <laughs> I can ask for, like, 15. Yeah, uh, 15 is, like, average. 20 is above average, I'd 15.12 say. 15.12 is his floor. That's, that's perfect. That's solid. You well, know? And a lot of it has to do with his rushing yards. I mean, since he came in, I, I think he's ranked fourth or fifth in rushing yards for quarterbacks, and he hasn't even played half a season. He's not really looking to run the ball either. I I think that's a that stat itself is a product of, like, even Russell Wilson and Cam Newton aren't running the ball this year, so there aren't really any running quarterbacks. Yeah, it's really just Tyrod Taylor is, like, leading the way with that. Um, moving on to running backs, I know we mentioned earlier Wendell Smallwood. He's my top pickup of the week, and that's uh, just because Ryan Matthews should be out this week. 5% owned, I'm, I've got to say. Yes, 5% owned. Uh, Darren Sproles probably won't play, and even if he does play, he'll be ineffective. He's got a broken rib. Um, so that just means Smallwood will have a ton of volume this week. Um, he's, he's performed well in his limited touches so far this year, so I look to Wendell Smallwood being my top pickup of the week. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, also, at running back, Mike Gillisley. And this, I mean, we don't know if LaShawn McCoy is going to play, but this is kind of a speculative play. If he doesn't play, Gillisley is an immediately start this week. Um, but, again, we, we mentioned earlier, even if not, we don't know if McCoy is going to play as much as he usually does with his thumb injury. Sure. You have an interesting honorable mention on your list here. Uh, I, I oh, just noticed yes. it. Yeah. Well, Tim Hightower. Tim Hightower uh, blows my mind. <laughs> um, I, I, I threw Adrian Peterson on as my honorable mention as a looking forward play. Um, I, I feel like there's a chance he can come back during the fantasy playoffs. Do the 32% of people that already own him, is that is that indicative of the 32% of people that don't pay that attention don't in fantasy football? don't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Now, before but, this week, but, but but you, of course, you know, being the expert, uh, but, but, indicating that maybe he's an honorable mention, right. you're saying he might play in your playoffs. Well, from the, the initial diagnosis said that he could come back end of November, beginning of December. Now everyone's saying, yeah, maybe middle of December but okay there's a chance he could come back for those week 15 week 16 those are the all-important weeks exactly they play the Colts and the Packers those weeks yes. and I, I mentioned before you need to go into your fantasy season thinking you're going to be playing in week 16 so if you have the depth on your team to pick him up you should and he's owned in most leagues right or not owned in most leagues uh, can I can I just interject with a, a quick mention of Cecil Shorts, who Jim owns him in the only league that I'm in, who had <laughs> where he's owned Cecil Shorts, who had five no, Adrian Peterson. Oh, okay. <laughs> but if you're mentioning Cecil Shorts, Cecil Shorts, who had who had oh, this is an interjection, interjection. Cecil Shorts, I'm not saying he's a pickup, but he had five receptions for 62 yards. That is a, a passable play, my friend. Cecil Shorts, That's Cecil a PPR Shorts, PPR sneaky play, PPR to Cecil Shorts. Can a small drink five. A drink, a drink five cheers. A drink five cheers. It sounds like there's 14 people in here. <laughs> for Cecil Shorts. Wait, there are 14 people in here. What are you talking about? A moment, a moment of volume for Cecil Shorts. And four people all in my Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Hurt my ear. Cecil Shorts. <laughs> but moving on to uh, wide receivers. Uh, wide receivers, somewhat speculative play. Um, but this week, Arizona plays against the Atlanta Falcons. Um... And I think Michael Floyd will have a good week this week. I know Arizona Falcons wide receivers are terrible against the pass. 
Yeah, that's true. They, they've given up more passing yards on average and more passing yards per game to opposing pass catchers. Um, and I know Arizona's wide receivers outside of Larry Fitzgerald haven't been great. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week I, I see Michael Floyd you having a big game. You just leave that statement for the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then moving on. Um, AJ Green went down, and it doesn't look like he'll be playing anytime in the near future. Um, after he, he went out early right. last week, Same and effect. Tyler Boyd seemed to be the one to pick up slack. Um, outside of him, Brandon LaFell got an increase in targets as well, but I don't, I don't know. I, I've seen enough of Brandon LaFell that I don't see him having a very high ceiling, so I'd rather he roll the dice on. The okay. He no. was trying to throw it to him, and LaFell, like, just isn't finishing his route, or he's not catching the ball. He doesn't look. That I agree great. with you. I think it's Tyler Boyd who's the guy to own there with AJ Green out for at least three weeks, probably. Um, but I, I again, uh, I'm looking at your honorable mentions, and we're talking about Sammy Watkins, another guy on IR who could oh, come back soon. Very similar to Adrian Peterson. I, right. I feel like Sammy Watkins has a chance to come back during the playoffs, and he's available in most leagues. So, again, if you have the bench spot, sneak attack, take him. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it does no good just to like get into the playoffs and lose in the first round. You might no. as well try and win it all. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. I mean, I guess since you're there. Um, from tight end, Vance McDonald, a name... I think he had one big week earlier in the season. Um, He's but, had a couple of decent weeks. Uh, he blew up one week, yeah. yeah. But since... Colin Kaepernick's been there. It looks like he's been looking his way. Um, and o- over the last three weeks, he's put up 180 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Six targets a game in each of the games that Ka- Kaepernick's been back. Which is, that's fine for yeah. a tight end. That, that's Chemistry, man. That's what you're looking for. Because the, the quarterbacks like who they like. And, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers are going to be throwing the ball. Because they're down most games. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that the one thing too. I wanted to point out about Kaepernick <laughs> earlier, what we look for in quarterbacks, they lose. So they yeah. get a, a chance at a few more points. Blake exactly. Bortles, top 10 quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, most people, they look up matchups and they look at like, oh, is this a good defense? And I would argue and say, you want to look at the opposing team's offense because that's probably more predictive of how your fantasy player is going to do. How often you'll get on the field and stuff. Right. At least for for the offense, for quarterbacks uh, and and wide receivers specifically. Even running backs. I mean, if the other team's offense isn't good, they're not going to put up points. So that means your team's probably going to be going to run the ball. Running back back should have more touches. So for a different reason, but but absolutely look at the offense. Yes, exactly. That's a good point. I feel like that's more predictive than their opposing defense in most cases yeah yeah uh sense. what about what about a defense uh defense um uh special Maybe. teams yeah for uh for defense i'm recommending recommending the ravens they're owning 48 percent of leagues um they've been a top 10 defense so far this year so if they're available you should grab them they're, they're playing against the Bengals, and as we mentioned before the Bengals have lost aj green lost giovanni bernard so that's a good play this week, I feel like. Poor Giovanni. Yeah. Poor, poor Giovanni. Giovanni Bernard. All right, drink it up, my friends. 
Oh, we we have Jason to thank for this amazing music so far, this podcast. I do want to recommend that everybody check out the podcast on Stitcher or iTunes under Drink 5 Network. And, of course, visit drink5.com with all these articles from uh, Jim Hutchins and other staff writers that we have, as well as uh, Jason and myself. We, in addition, have social channels out there on Facebook.com slash Drink5Network, Twitter.com slash Drink5, and in all kinds of other places you can find us. Search for Drink5 on Google, they'll all come up, because Google's just that good. <laughs> but let's talk about uh, bets. We, we always love every week to, uh, to get into some, uh, some, some betting scenarios, and although a lot of the things we've talked about this year were, were trends and player trends, which is fantastic, for the past two weeks... We've been doing, uh, well, including this week, we've been doing, <laughs> the past two including <laughs> the this week. The past two weeks including this week. So in other words, <laughs> just last week, we, we've been doing the uh, pick a team, any team. Soon to be the last two weeks. Segment. And, and so what that entails, just so you guys know, is this. We, we have a bet. We have at least three people on the podcast. We choose a team made up of a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. And we choose uh, some subsequent numbers of our rankings um, for drink5.com, which, again, you can find on the website, self-promotion and slash. It's okay if we self-promote on our own thing. No, I just, I'm doing a tag. <laughs> I'm a completionist. So, uh, so for all of those people that are following along, we will go back and just go over real quickly what happened last week. And, and when I mean really quickly, I do mean really quickly. Jason, do you have that queued up? Okay, so last week we had Sean Foss on the show, so it was Dave, myself, and Sean. Uh, the three of us came within 10 points of each other, including the backup team that doesn't matter. All very close. So Sean scored 100 points on the dot, led by Kirk Cousins on Sunday night, putting up 27.4 for him. Dave, you came in second. You did have Robert Kelly, another Sunday night standout, 31.7. Uh, you also had Russell Wilson on your team. The rest of your team, however, uh, was led by Spencer Ware at 8.5. So, uh, unfortunately for myself, I had a consistent team, but I also had Golden Tate, who had point one Jeez. points. Consistently average. Uh, but I did have the Minnesota Vikings, who scored a couple touchdowns. But most importantly, Jamison Crowder put up over 15. So, I owe Dave and Sean, because I was in a fun mood at the time. Uh, I said that if he would score over 15, that I would buy them some Jamison Crowder shots. I so, told you earlier this year, Jamison Crowder, you cannot sleep on Jamison Crowder. It's, it's happening. It's all happening, man. I know. Deshaun Jackson is becoming not a relevant fantasy player. I started Jamison Crowder. It was a good time. Crowder! Crowder indeed. Crowder. Crowder. <laughs> Say it right. So, uh, Sean wins. He will be getting $30 in team gear. From either the Niners or the Lions, his two favorite teams. Congratulations, Sean. And uh, we we will be paying and also picking the item. So this, this should be interesting. I think we can Ooh, come up with something that good. That is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So this week, uh, we, we have a, a variety of people to pick from for our rankings. We do have our rankings ready to go. You can go to our website and see all of the rankings this time around. You can also uh, see that we are on uh, Fantasy Pros. So, Dave, where do we start? We have... Three people playing. That's Jim, Jason, and myself. We're going to start with the with the new guy, Jim. Okay, the, the new guy, guy. The new guy to this year's podcast. Never been on this year. Has previously been <laughs> Never on. Never been on this year. <laughs> he's a he's a 2016 virgin. Soon to be his second finished podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have we have a bunch of teams that we're going to select, and we have the same exact lineup, which is quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, kicker, defense. 
You know that. I know that. We know that. Uh, we're going to bet that. for Tracks Bar and Grill. The losers. That's a good place. The losers split the bill. That is all alcohol and all food within reason, determined by the people after reason has left them. After <laughs> drinking a lot of drinks. So are you guys all okay with that? Do you all say yes and you sign your name on the podcast? Uh, yeah, I'm writing this down right now. I mean, considering it's a block away from my house, I'm fine with that. Do you? <laughs> well, you've just let a lot of people know the whereabouts that you live, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I live at the Cary Ale House. <laughs> in any case uh so so thank you guys it's that's called, gonna, what's the what's the place called tracks yeah tracks that's in gonna be Cary, illinois <laughs> six oh no i don't know six zero zero one three it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time but but let's go ahead and go for it so we have a tiebreaker and and what we're doing is standard scoring league so no ppr just standard scoring uh, we're going to choose from a certain number of already picked numbers for those positions. So what we'll do, uh, Jim, uh, is is you're going to pick the position that you want to start with. Remember, quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, kicker, defense. So I pick the position and pick first? So yep. it's like quarterback, RB1, RB2. Then we go two. clockwise. All right, I'll pick, uh, and then it moves clockwise. So you pick and then you go. I'll go with Jason will first. tell you who it is. All right, you're going to take quarterback first? Yeah. So we're going to choose from the number five, six, and seven quarterback. That'll be Ben Roethlisberger, who uh, is playing at Indy on Thursday night. Uh, they've got we got Cam Newton, who's home against Oakland, and then Dak Prescott versus Washington, also on Thursday, also at home. Hmm. I think I'll go with Cam Newton. Sorry, hang on. Cam Newton is in Oakland. Yeah. He's going to the West Coast. I'll go with Cam Newton. I like okay. that matchup. Hey, Oakland, uh, especially early in the year, was giving up lots of points to opposing uh, passing offense. I know what Jason's doing. Uh, really? Because I have a, I have this same decision on my fantasy team to make this week. Uh, I have to decide whether or not I should start Ben Roethlisberger or Dak Prescott. Well, you can give me what I want you if you want. You should hedge but... your bets. <laughs> I would almost rather defer to you, Dave. Can I defer to the second half? No, you have to pick. All right, um... I am going to go ahead and take Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he generally wastes Indianapolis. Uh, although the past the, couple of times he's had really good success two games, was yeah. at home and not away. That's fine. All right. So I am up next. I am wait, 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 wait. Who, who am I picking? You get Dak Prescott. Yes, we'll make sure to mention and allow me the, the chance to say... Dak Prescott. Dak the Prescott. Thank you. And then the backup quarterback should none of them should one of them not play. Yeah, and the rules Lee for Marcus, this. Oh, so I, I if uh, like my quarterback's out, I get this. Yes. If he's out, he not if he gets injured during the game. If he's out, so like we didn't. If AJ Green had been picked last week, we would not replace him. Yeah, unless but, we were both feeling very kind. But yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So uh, you get to choose now, uh, Jason. Would you like to pick running back, wide receiver, tight end, kicker? What do you want? You know, the NFL uh, did have a racket they wanted to run during fantasy where you could replace, put put the bench player in, so that you could uh, just spend a few dollars and increase your fantasy score. If we could the, do that, if yes. the if the league commissioner allowed it, we could do that here. I think the keyword was spend a few dollars. <laughs> spend a few dollars. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start. Are you with... saying the NFL wants money? The WR1. <laughs> no. no. Wide receivers number three, four, and five, which is Odell Beckham Jr. at Cleveland, Amari Cooper versus Calif- uh, Carolina, 
and Doug Baldwin at Tampa Bay. I think everyone knows where I'm going with this one, right? I have to take Odell Beckham Jr. There is no other wide receiver in my universe. You know, I <laughs> I caution you all to make sure to to uh, take the players you have on your team and don't think about them when you're making actual decisions that matter. Odell is playing Cleveland. I mean, where where can I go wrong there? I'm just messing uh, with you, Jason. Sterling <laughs> Shepard gets the first two touchdowns, but they don't throw the ball ever again. <laughs> they don't throw the ball anymore. He's, a, he's an amazing decoy. Odell only gets one rushing touchdown. Well, I go with Amari Cooper after uh, a pretty good game last week. Derek Carr's been good. Amari Cooper's a great receiver. Game-winning touchdown. Um, I'm a little shocked Baldwin is number five, but I guess I'll take him. Uh, Doug Baldwin is playing a team with a terrible passing offense as well, Tampa Bay. And they're on a, you know, the Seahawks are playing very well. Doug Baldwin had a three-touchdown game, followed it up with another solid fantasy performance. I don't think that uh, Doug Baldwin's days of being buried as a WR2 uh, are going to, you know, I don't think you're going to see them for the rest of the year. I think that he's going to be a WR1 for the rest of the time. All right. So well, I... WR2+. plus. <laughs> sure. 2+. plus. <laughs> Well, and I do want you guys to sort of describe why you're picking it. So maybe we can do that a little bit more in depth this time. Let's let's talk about this. One sentence why you're picking that player after you pick him, okay? Unless you're the third player. And you're welcome to say, oh, because I have to. <laughs> okay, so I'll pick the running back one position. All right, RB1 is going to be, uh, what is that, 9-10-11? 9-10-11. Okay. We've got Devonta Freeman versus Arizona, Frank Gore versus Pittsburgh, Spencer Ware at Denver. Should I just chalk you in for Frank Gore then, Dave? I do like Frank Gore, and I am going to pick him, yes. All right. And the reason, I've, I've talked about it earlier, but one sentence, because it's going to be a running game. I agree. So, uh, Jim, you have to choose between Freeman and Ware. Um, I'm going to take Freeman because I don't want to play a running back against Denver. <laughs> it's you know it's it's not exactly the running backs that have a hard time against Denver. Oh, it's it's not true. But 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 he's right because Denver's defense is, is. In fact, the guy you picked, Devonta Freeman, had a really good game against Denver. No, well, I mean, it doesn't matter that. to you because you have. Uh, I'm I have. Uh, Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware. Congratulations. Yeah, it's great. He doesn't like it. Uh, I, I. He's I, actually been really good I when he played. I chose Spencer Ware because I'm stuck with him. I would have rather had the other two guys, obviously. Who's the backup I, running back? I like your sentence. <laughs> Who's number 12? Oh, I'm behind, guys. Wait, can Give we take the backup? If we are... No, you can't take the backup. No, you can't just take the backup. <laughs> That's funny. Actually, we could, we could add that to the... To okay, the so I'm thinking in the future we do the four and the backup is whoever we don't choose and you could actually choose... So the third person can choose... You can choose, choose the number four two. if you want to. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so 12 is Lamar Miller. And Jim's like, oh, I would have taken him. I don't know. Uh, the he scores up. no touchdowns. I probably would have taken Freeman still. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim, it's your turn. Uh, what positions? You sir? have RB2, WR2, WR3, tight end kicker defense. Uh, let's go with WR2. WR2 will be 14, 15, and 16. And just for completion's sake, our uh, backup wide receiver is Des Bryant. So 14, 15, 16 is going to be T.Y. Hilton versus Pittsburgh. 
that, that was the backup wide receiver for the WR1, which we didn't cover. I just had a second to write it down, that's all. Chill out. No, I feel like he's just saying words. I don't even know. <laughs> Des Bryant. T.Y. Hilton. So 14. Dante Moncrief. Is Joey Galloway. Can I, can I join in? Hold on. Hold on, hold on. Michael Crabtree. <laughs> 14, T.Y. Hilton versus Pittsburgh. Uh, 15, Stephon Diggs at Detroit. Uh, put an asterisk next to that one. Uh, 16, Rashard Matthews at Chicago. Jesus. The backup is Jordan Matthews versus Green Bay. Good to know if That's you want tough. to take Stephon Diggs. Because, hell, if Diggs plays and he's healthy, I mean, it's got to be a good game for him. Well, that's the thing. That's the reason he's rated a little bit lower. Because right, if he, he doesn't play, higher. he would have been higher. Then you get Jordan Matthews. Mm-hmm. Who do the Titans play? The Titans are playing the Bears. Start all, right. all your Titans. All right, one, one pick and why you're picking them. Go. He said go. I don't like <laughs> any of the three. Well, but because I'll, you're not uh, picking from the great, from the good ones anymore. I guess I'll just go with T.O. Hilton because he's the best player out of the three. I, I believe they, earlier tonight you said, Tolzien. do not start any of your Colts. And I said, even oh, T.Y. Hilton? Yeah, even, and you said, no, even T.Y. Hilton. Guys, it's more than one sentence. Well, go ahead, if just you, go. If you own T.Y. Hilton, you're not owning these other two. I totally agree. T.Y. is still a good receiver. I understand what you're and picking. And Stephon Diggs is hurt, and Bears matchup is just awful. No one's going to be passing against the Bears because let's just get this one. Let's them. just get this one over. I'm taking Richard Matthews because he's really clicking. I okay. Think. Apparently, I get Diggs or Matthews. That was my number two. And I'll take Diggs or Matthews. That's fine. Stephon Diggs. Next. Do you like having Stephon Diggs? I like him when he's playing. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and choose the... I hope t- he's not a decoy. <laughs> I'm going to choose the tight end now. The We're going to pick syndrome. from 6, 7, 8. <laughs> Woo! So that's Tyler Eifert, Kyle Rudolph, Eric Ebron, backup Travis Kelsey. I am going to take Kyle Rudolph. Can we get the matchups? Uh, sure. Kyle uh, Eifert is playing at Baltimore. Rudolph is playing at Detroit. Ebron, home against Minnesota. And Travis Kelsey is playing at Denver. Okay. So uh, I am taking Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Detroit's giving up the most points to opposing tight ends. That's all I need. Wow, I'm surprised. Uh, I I will take... uh... Oh, second guessing, huh? I'll take uh, take Tyler. Uh, Okay. And why is that? Because he is a huge red zone target in, on a team that doesn't have any of them anymore. All right, and then Jim gets Eric Ebron. Right. <laughs> Beware of the Brandon Predigue return, apparently. No, Ebron's been really good, though. <laughs> Ebron's been good. Something that no one is afraid of. Predigue might get two passes in that game, so you should Travis be very careful. Travis Kels shall go to uh, the backup squad. I'll take Kelsey. And, and if and <laughs> I can't believe. I can't believe this. If the backup squad should win, I, I, I want to add this caveat to the bet. If the backup squad should win, then the winner has to buy a round of shots. Then the backup squad pays for us to have dinner? Is that what happens? Well, no. I mean, we'd have to buy the backup squad dinner if they beat us. Is this a real thing? Yes. Is this real life? Or is it just fantasy? Oh, no. I hate Queen songs. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, it's your turn to pick a position. All right. Um, you pick tight end. I believe we have RB2 and WR3 still available. Yeah. And then uh, defense and kicker. That's right. Oh, my favorite. Okay. I, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Dave's taking kicker. I'm gonna go with RB two, please. RB two. RB two for three hundred, Alex. RB two for five. Okay. Uh, that'll be twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. The backup twenty eight. So technically, they're RB threes. Hey, you're the one who picked the numbers, not me. Uh, so when no, but I'm, I'm, just tell, I'm telling the audience. Is number 25 playing at home against Green Bay? Chris Ivory at Buffalo. Latavius Murray at home against Carolina. It's actually a pretty good combination of people. The backup is Mark Ingram versus L.A. Do I get to go first? You get to go first. I don't believe in small wood, um, so I'm going to choose Chris Ivory. Do you believe in large wood? <laughs> that makes no sense, my friend. Makes no oh, sense. Oh, he's not a backup player. I can't put oh. that on the backup. All right, Jim, you're next. Uh, Over the two. You have Wendell Smallwood or... Uh, I don't know. I wrote the wrong name down. Well, that's unfortunate. Wendell Smallwood. <laughs> Wendell Smallwood or... Or Latavius Murray. There you go. What's the matchups? When, uh, Wendell Smallwood is playing at home against Green Bay. Murray is at home against Carolina. I'm gonna go with Murray. See, right? Both of us did not choose Smallwood. I feel like it's 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 like a gamble. Well, of course it's a gamble. More of a gamble than choosing a player who is otherwise like, a RB two or RB three. I will happily get stuck with Wendell Smallwood. I know. I, I like Smallwood this week, but I feel like not, Murray, not enough. Apparently, Murray's in the same. <laughs> well, Murray's in like the apparently. same situation that Smallwood is in, but Murray has more. But all of the backs are healthy of. with Murray. Smallwood yeah, has the volume. Murray's still going to get similar volume, I feel Smallwood like. Smallwood doesn't have the volume. Smallwood had volume because there was no running backs that were active on the Philadelphia Eagles roster. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what they're going to do. All right, uh, Jim, you get to pick WR3. Hold on, hold on. So you're, you're choosing Wendell Smallwood. I, I, I said I am happily getting stuck with Wendell Smallwood. All right. Uh, so, Jim, you choose between WR3, Kicker, and DST. Let's go with... DST. Yeah! I love defense. <laughs> okay, so we will be choosing from four, five, and six. No backups needed. What's no backups? Well, it's not like <laughs> anyone's on bye and could fill in for a defense that got injured at the last The team minute. just is like, nope, we're not playing. I mean, when a team's on bye, you can be like, all right, Buccaneers, we need your defense real quick. But what, what? There's these rules about if the backup team wins, but they don't even have a defense. That's we'll just go ahead and give them. We'll give them the seventh defense. Ooh. You know what? If they okay. beat you without a defense, you deserve to lose. Okay. <laughs> no, the backup team gets no defense. Period. That's my. That's my. This this week is mine, and I I'm sticking to it. No backups is what you wrote. No defense. All right. So four, five, and six is going to be the Denver Broncos at home against Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs away against in Denver, and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, away in Chicago. Oh, well, I have to take the Denver Broncos defense. I think you do. That's my dynasty <laughs> defense. That's the defense I live by. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh, it's going to come back to me. I wish I could take the one I want to. Uh, what's that one, Dave? Please go ahead, Jason. <laughs> um... I will take the Tennessee Titans playing against Matt Barkley. Thank you very much. I would not be surprised if Tennessee scores like 20 points. It's going to be crazy. <sighs> All right. Well, I, I actually don't mind the other option. 
the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs have had some good games, and I'll go with them. All right. So then Dave, uh, or I, I, I go next, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take the WR3. Oh, you love kickers, I thought. I really love kickers, but I'm going to leave that one for Dave because he loves kickers <laughs> just a little bit more than I do. Um, so Hey-o. from WR3, we're going to be picking numbers 31, 32, sorry, 30, 31, and 32. Uh, and that would be... These are some deep kickers. Kilke, scroll down. Here we go. Uh, Jamison Crowder. I'm not going to look at the rest of the list. I'm taking Jamison Crowder. He's playing at Dallas. How are we going to pick? <laughs> <laughs> so you, have to, you have to tell us what those are. Willie Sneed is playing at home against the Los Angeles Rams of <laughs> what Anaheim. A jerk. Golden Tate is playing at home against Minnesota. Okay, okay. So the backup is Randall Cobb at Philly. I'm taking Jamison Shots Crowder. So I can take Tate or Sneed. Yes? Uh, Tater Sneed, yeah. I will select. Tater Sneed. I will select. <laughs> I will select the Golden Tater. The Golden Tater. Oh, thank God! I'll take Sneed. <laughs> Fair I thought, enough. I thought for sure you'd go with Sneed. No, I. I see. I have Sneed on a team, and every time I start him, he's terrible. So. See, in these things, Dave hates picking the players that he has. I kind of like picking the players that I have. I started Tate for the first time on my. Life I have nine leads. What players don't I have? That's a good point. I think Tate got one point last week. That was the first time I've ever started him in my life in fantasy. In your fantasy pros feed, literally every player is owned by someone. Well, yes, yes. All right, so Dave, you get the kickers. Uh, that'll be four, five, and six. Give it to me. Number seven is the backup. Connor Backup Barth. kicker. All right. So, uh, number four, Justin Tucker versus Cincinnati. Number five, Stephen Hauschka at Tampa Bay. Number six, Adam Vinatieri at home <laughs> against Pittsburgh. I take Tucker, no problem. Because Cincinnati is going to be a terrible team for the rest of the season. Yeah, I could see that. And I'm going to bet the Hauschka. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that leaves me with uh, my favorite <laughs> kicker, Adam Vinatieri. Adam Vinatieri? The team with no quarterback. <laughs> that one. <laughs> hey, that could be good. All kicker. That they, means they... he'll get no extra points and no field goals. <laughs> <laughs> they do have to get it past the 50-yard line. All kicker all the time. All right. So the tiebreaker is DeAndre Hopkins, total yards versus San Diego. All right. Um, closest gets it. These are blind bets. Okay, so... Tiebreaker, uh, Jim, you would go first on the tiebreaker. Uh, so it's it's most points to um, I, I got it um, for DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, it's a blind bet. Like we all have to choose at the same time. It's like an auction. It is. That sound is uh, for those of you listening in the future. That was paper. And for those of you listening in the past, that is paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are so funny. All right, Appreciate so DeAndre Hopkins yards. He's playing San Diego. Here we go. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins yards. Here we go around the DeAndre Bush. All right, I'm not in any sort of pressure. Oh, Hopkins. 
Do you still are, is anyone is score? anyone still playing DeAndre Hopkins? Like he did score a touchdown uh, uh, the other night, but he's I, never going to do that again. The I, other night, you mean on October 9th? I know the last time he scored a touchdown. <laughs> the guy I sit next to at work is still playing DeAndre Hopkins, and he was so oh, frustrated that they called that touchdown back. Well, I watched the game on uh, Monday night on a big screen, and I got to tell you, I I don't think that that was out of bounds. No, it was a touchdown. He was inbounds. Yeah. He did he's, not go out of bounds. He's 99% owned the last five games. 7.1, <laughs> He's the worst 3.6, most owned player 4. in the... 4.4, 4. 4. Oh, God. He's the worst most owned player in the history of football, probably. Yeah. In, in this crappy streak, he has games with like 12 and 13 targets. Well, the, this just happens every year. You'll you'll see it. Not with DeAndre Hopkins. Since you guys have oh, already no. picked, and I don't uh, know what you picked, I'm just saying there's all. I'm just going to take my default tiebreaker, which is 42. Shit. Dave took 70, and Jim also took 42. 23. Oh, I've got the middle. You guys have the over and the under. All right. Cheers, guys. Okay. So closest gets it, etc. Uh, we have a little bit of time left. So Jason, thank you for recording those. For that uh, particular moment in time, uh, we'll take a snapshot of that, and we'll be back next week to report on how we do. And uh, if if you guys want to, I'm mostly uh, looking forward to going to tracks. If you guys want to hang out at tracks, etc. Good burgers. Uh, that would be weird and stalkerish. So. Uh, if there is time for the show, only if you like sit across the room and don't talk to us. If you come up and like buy us a beer, we'll probably make it work. Got it. Plus, it doesn't count towards the losers' uh, beer. As long as it's on your tab, yeah, you yeah. don't get to buy us beer on our own. Tab. <laughs> it's not how this works. So um, while he's recording that, and, and if you get any, any of you guys have any input, etc. So let's give uh, some tips for teams to maximize their max points for the last few games before fantasy playoffs. What's the best way to do that? So, Jim, I'm directing this towards you. If you have a team and the team is going to make the playoffs, like say they have seven wins right now, they're fine, they're going to go in in a 10-team league, Um, you have some dead weight on your team. So how do you maximize your team for the playoffs? Right. So if you're already 100% going into the playoffs, I advise you don't look this week, don't look next week. Look to weeks 14, 15, and 16. Matchups, right? Right. Matchups. For the waivers. And I, I mentioned Adrian defense. Peterson, Sammy Watkins, those type of players that could be back and will be superstars if they're back. Look ahead. You don't care about this week and next week. So just put it out of your mindset altogether. I like that. And that's only if you're clinched. Otherwise, you may still exactly. need to win games. A lot of guys with seven wins right now. I haven't clinched. I mean, it feels like you're probably going to win. And I know the format for a lot of leagues, I think 10 is probably the most popular. Uh, And six teams making the playoffs is probably the most popular there. So, yes, more than half the teams make it. A lot of six and seven teams make it from year to year. But if you haven't clinched, then you need to keep winning. But uh, definitely, um, I, I like the idea of just worrying about weeks 14 and 15 and 16. And I guess the one caveat to that is if you have a chance to get a, a bye week, if your league does bye weeks in the first round, fight for that bye week because yes. that doubles your chances of winning a championship. If your league pays out the top three and you get a bye, then you only need to win one of the next two games to get money. Right. And that, that, that means... Those are great odds. Well, yeah. You make money and it, it doubles your chances of just winning it all. Yes, that too. So, um, uh, when you're when you're out of the playoffs, what kind of etiquette 
do you do you take? Um, you know, are you still making waiver moves? Are you trying your best to beat people, or do you just kind of ignore those teams and let them go to the back burner? Well, this is why I'm a big advocate of high week score pools because it gives incentive for people to continue trying even if they're out of the playoffs. Yeah. If you don't have a high week score pool, I mean, yeah, you should be trying. People just but give up. People don't care because if they, they have no stage, incentive. They right? can't win any money. So that's more on the commission, commissioner not giving incentive for people to be playing. Sure, and I can say that that definitely works. In one league, I implemented it straight through week 16 just to make sure that everyone is paying attention. Right. And even you know because of the math, the way that it works out, I made 16 the most uh, expensive week. So every week is $15, week 16 is $25. You know, I want people to make waiver moves. I want the people who are in the playoffs to still have the same conditions that they have throughout the so year. So is that working? Have you have you gone back and looked and seen like if it's actually working? If it's actually working? Um, anecdotally, yes. I don't have statistics. Right. But I would say that anecdotally, I feel like it's working. I mean, theoretically, okay. it should work. I think everyone is paying attention. Whether or not that translates to more success for the bad teams, I wouldn't think it would necessarily, because for the most part, the bad teams are bad teams. Right. Um, I mean, some people don't care about, oh, I get $10 for a high school. No, but you, but you don't care about... Don't care, but. Some people don't make waiver picks anyways. But ultimately, the commissioner wants a, a fantasy football um, league of people that are interested... Um, and will be involved till the last drop, you know, right? Right. So you need a league of extraordinary gentlemen. Exactly. And if you don't have, <laughs> if you don't have those extraordinary gentlemen, then then give them a monetary, uh, you know, reason to keep playing. Yes. Right. Um, all right. And uh, Jeremy Macklin, you guys like Jeremy Macklin? He was he was good last year. He's been good in the past, but he's done nothing this year at all. Is it just injury concerns, or is he really losing steam and and about to be you know out of his element? It, it's a bad. Bad offense for wide receivers. Let me ask you, general. how many weeks ago should you have dropped Jeremy Macklin if you had him on your team? Uh, last year, week 16. <laughs> no, well, that's not true. You, you mean at the Are end, you poking yeah. fun at my dynasty team? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to play Macklin. He was never on my draft radar in okay. any situation. So, Jason, how do you feel maybe, about Macklin? I don't like him. Uh you know, he seems he seems a little harried about Macklin. Uh, I'm torn. So <laughs> he's in an offense where he can get a high volume of passes, 15, 10 targets on the season. But yeah, now that he's injured and not playing, uh, you know, I, I want to see a whole productive game before I put him back in my lineup. Um, if you feel the need to drop him, go ahead. I don't think that he is uh, necessarily somebody who's going to come back and make a huge difference. By the end of the season. He plays... Uh, they play Denver this week, and I don't think he'll be back this week. Uh, they play Atlanta and Oakland, which are good matchups, but then in weeks 15 and 16, Tennessee and Denver, bad matchups for a wide receiver and a team that isn't going to throw the ball well. Just stay away from so, Macklin. Okay. I mean, you you can't trust him, right? And no. you don't want someone on your team that you can't trust. You're he's not, in, you're not putting them in team. your lineup if you can't trust them. I'm keeping him on my dynasty team because he could have value. So drop him in a redraft right. league, but keep him in a dynasty league. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to all pick a matchup for this next week, and we're going to talk about it for one minute. You guys okay with that? One minute. Go. <laughs> I am going to pick Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. Surprise, so, surprise. So Thursday, the late night game on Thursday, 8.30 p.m. at Lucas Oil Stadium. Pittsburgh at Indianapolis. 
I think that uh, Roethlisberger has had a great series versus Indianapolis all the time. He does a really great job. And there's no reason why this should be any different, especially because Indianapolis is kind of a flailing team. Now, some could argue so is Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh has more offensive weapons on it than any other team in the NFL besides maybe three or four. So I think that offensively, Pittsburgh, whether or not they give up a lot of points from Indianapolis and Scott Tolzien, who's not a good quarterback, they're going to win that game by at least a touchdown or two. That's my opinion. Uh, Let's see. We can go to uh, Jason for the next game. All right. I was uh, trying to find out how awesome he is against the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis slash Baltimore Colts. Um, Anyways, uh, I really like... um, Let's see. What what game isn't as interesting? So, Seattle at Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay just got a good win on the road. Uh, can they hold their own against a really good Seattle team? Uh, it is a later start, so the, the West Coast team doesn't have the uh, like super early start to deal with. Uh, so, I fully expect Seattle to win. But I'm interested to see if Seattle can kind of hold their own against them, if Winston can play okay, if Mike Evans is totally shut down or so not. So while you have a couple of seconds, who, who are the fantasy stand- standouts of that game? Uh, well, Doug Baldwin for sure. He's the new hotness in the league. Thomas Rawls I think should have a good game, and Russell Wilson. Um, probably Jimmy Graham. I- I'm not sure. Jimmy Graham seems to have a good floor but not a great ceiling. Okay, uh, Jim, you have one team, one minute. Go. Okay. Uh, one matchup, one team. Two that you guys haven't talked about, but the one that I feel more strongly about is the Patriots against the Jets. Um, Jets are just awful, and Patriots are good. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what else to say about it. I know well, let's Grant, talk about the individual individual fantasy performance, performances. Um, well, it, it depends a lot on Gronkowski if he's going to play in this game, but even if he doesn't play, I still feel like they're going to win. Um, if Gronk doesn't play, I feel like there's a lot of targets going to Julian Edelman. Um, I still see Deion Lewis and James White splitting passing back. Does that make both of them irrelevant? It uh, makes them irrelevant because I feel like they're just going to be ahead in this game, and I think this is going to be a blunt game. It's so if you game. own James, or if you own Blunt, you should play him because he's going to have 150 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. <laughs> Real good. Well, well, thank you guys again for listening to the podcast tonight. And I want to I wanna make sure that, that you know where to go grab the podcast on Stitcher or iTunes at Drink5 Network, Facebook slash Drink5 Network, Twitter slash Drink5, ask us at Drink5 or Jason at Drink5 or Dave at Drink5.com for emails. Wait. We'll, we'll see you next year. One, I have to give a shout out to Biz. Okay. Do it. All right. Piz, I know you're not making the playoffs in our league, but I still love you. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, guys. Cheers.